What's up, everyone? My name is B, and you are listening to the Brand Eye Podcast. This podcast talks about navigating our 20-somethings, the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of our journeys, and learning to embrace every part of your story, because your life is your brand, and so many people would benefit from just seeing you live authentically. No one has all of the answers. We're all trying to figure it out. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm so excited because last year I came across a book by Paul Angoni, and it's titled 101 Questions You Should Ask in Your 20s and Let's Be Honest, Your 30s. And I read through the book. It was so good and I loved all of the questions, but the book also helped me feel seen and like I wasn't alone. And Paul, the author, had suggested that readers read through it the first time and then the second time around really be intentional about completing the activities and answering the questions. So after talking to Paul, um, which was such an honor to just meet him, you know, over Instagram, but I have decided that I'm going to read through the book a second time, but record much of my journey on here. So answering a lot of the questions and working through them because I do think that these questions are great questions to think about and ask. Um, So if anyone would like to join me in reading this book, I will share a link on where you can find the book, but you can also just find the book on Amazon. Um, It's titled 101 101 Questions to Ask in Your 20s and Let's Be Honest, Your 30s. So last week I had used the first chapter to inspire my podcast episode. And the first chapter is titled, and the question for the first chapter is, what's the best way to break up with myself? Um, So I've been thinking about the discussion questions, I guess, or the questions that Paul shares in or asks in that chapter um, and gives us to think about. And The question is, where is your transition trying to lead you and what is it telling you about the future you want to transition to? And the chapter about breaking up with myself was really talking about how we're able to break up with a lot of our habits that we know aren't helping us propel forward, rather they're holding us back. So how can we get out of our comfort zones and really be intentional about moving forward? learning to operate um, in faith and not out of fear. So when I think about where is my transition trying to lead me, that is a tough question because I've noticed that when I am committed to making a decision, committed to going for something, that means that I actually have to hold myself accountable. So if I really put it out there and claim I am passionate about um, storytelling or I am passionate about podcasting, I actually then have to follow through and take the steps necessary to become better at podcasting or to become better at storytelling. And that's hard for me because sometimes I think about accountability, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so much work. Or even when I say things out loud and claim them, I get nervous because I feel as if, um, what if I'm unrealistic? So 
when people ask me if I can cook, I know I can cook, but I don't say that I can cook. I take the safe route and say, I'm not sure because what I cook really, you know, my palate, it's, it's good for my palate. My palate agrees with the food that I cook and the way that I season food, but it may not agree with your palate. So I don't want to say that I can cook because if you try my food and say it's nasty, I'm going to be offended because I really was operating under the assumption that I could cook. So I take the diplomatic route and say, it just depends on your palate. And instead, I'm trying to learn how to get out of my comfort zone and say, yeah, no, I can cook or I am good at blank, period, without trying to protect myself from the idea of rejection or um, the idea that someone just may disagree with me. I used to be afraid of disagreement, but now I'm learning like it is what it is. And I was speaking with someone one time and we were talking about value and she said not everyone is meant to see your value and that's something that still sticks with me because one I want to know why why is it that not everyone is meant to see our value but also how many years have I wasted trying to get people to see that I'm worth it trying to get people to see that I'm valuable whether it be in the workplace or various relationships um, whether it's in family or romantic relationships anything but why am I trying to prove to people that I'm actually worth something instead of just focusing on what my craft is so where is my transition trying to lead me I think that my transition is trying to lead me to a clear path a path where I am unapologetic unapologetically living my truth and accepting myself and embracing my passions and my interests um, instead of trying to run from it or hide from it. I am very rarely willing to say I am good at X or I am good at Y, but I'm so quick to tell you what I'm bad at and I have no problem with it. Part of my thing is one of my biggest pet peeves, and I I think I should just respect and love people for who they are and the confidence that they have, but if somebody tells me that they are the best singer and all they talk about is how good they are and then they start singing and I don't think that they can sing, I'm like, I'm clowning you if I'm being honest. Like, I'm clowning you. But that also shows that I shouldn't be judging anyone because... That is their truth. But I don't want to be someone who is just so, it's just living in my own reality. And it's like, you know, I'm so good at this. And everyone around me is like, how do we tell her? (laughs) She's not good at it. But that's also caused me to not take advantage of certain opportunities. It's caused me to operate in fear. It's caused me to... um, live and breathe uh, and just, you know, define my worth based on the validation of those around me. It's caused me to question myself. It has made imposter syndrome a million times worse. And it's caused me to spend and waste so many years talking down on myself and holding myself back. 
So my transition, I think, is trying to lead me to embracing and loving who I am. I, I love when I'm talking to people and I give them a compliment and they accept it. They don't run from it because I will run from a compliment. But these like these individuals who are able to say, thank you, I really am trying to be that or thank you. I think that I'm good at that, too. I admire that because I think sometimes um, in society we are conditioned to believe that you are arrogant or cocky if you have too much confidence, especially as a woman or especially as a black woman. There are so many times when I interact with people and they'll say, I just thought that you were really arrogant. I didn't know you, but you know, when I looked at you, I thought you were arrogant. It's like, well, what about me seemed arrogant? And there was no tangible thing that they could say. It was just, I don't know, just the way you walk into a room. Well, that's unfair. And then statistically, black women are told that at a higher rate that we seem more arrogant, we seem more aggressive. So if I know that I'm always going to be placed in this box, no matter how I try to change it, but some people are just going to see me in a certain light, why would I even try to waste my time trying to convince them otherwise? I'm really trying to learn that how people feel about me is none of my business. And that stinks sometimes because I've spent so much time learning how to adapt and how to people please. But now it's like, eh, I'm getting tired of that. And I, I do think that it's easy to become resentful as well. Because when we're just so stuck on people pleasing and then we find that we're never going to be successful in making everyone happy. That's just not reality. It's not it's not possible in any way when we finally accept that then that's when the freedom comes and I'm learning like wow I am going to disappoint people around me and that's okay my mom would always say to me you're gonna have to learn how to disappoint your father and I you're gonna have to learn to make decisions that we don't like or that we don't agree with or we tell you is a bad idea because that's how you learn and that's how you grow And as your mother, I'm not going to like it and I am not going to celebrate when you rebel, but I need you to do it. And now I'm trying to learn how to apply that thought and that logic to others and to all of the other relationships in my life. So where is my transition leading me? My transition is leading me to more independence, more confidence. And like I said, learning to embrace who I am. Then The second part of this question, Paul had asked, um, what is it telling you about the future that the future you want to transition to? That question, I am struggling to really, really understand and really struggling to answer. And I don't know if I'm struggling to understand it because I am struggling to find my answer or vice versa. But. I'm going to try to work through it right here on this episode and hopefully I can find an answer, at least find clarity around what the question is asking. But the way that I see it, it's saying, what is it telling? What is my season of transition telling me about the future that I want to transition to? So the future that I want to transition to is one where... I have a beautiful family. I have 
a job that I'm really passionate about and really excited about and a job in my field that I know is really fulfilling. What it's telling me in this moment as I work towards it is it requires a lot of sacrifice and it requires a lot of patience. When I meet men who, you know, would like to take me out or I'm getting to know, it's fascinating because I am, before I would just, you know, kind of allow anyone to have a piece of my time or I'd just be like, okay, like I don't like this person, but I'll just put up with it because I don't have anyone else. But fast forward a few years, now I'm like, mm, no, I'm not going to waste my time. And I don't owe you an explanation if I don't want to give you one. And so I'm learning that I have to be patient and I have to be willing to make a sacrifice of not being in the relationship that I think would be great right now. Because it's not the right one. I have to be content with understanding that Things happen in due time, but I also have to put in the work and I can't expect myself not to put in the work or to allow just anyone to come pour into my life and then expect that I'm going to have quality relationships, friendships, whatever. I have to be willing to say no, or I have to be willing to use my discernment for good because when you're getting to know someone, friend, whatever, romantic partner, family member, it's so important to pay attention to what their actions are telling you. It's important to pay attention to whether you see red flags right right away. And when I see red flags, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't want to come off as judgmental or, you know, I don't like this, but, you know, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep talking to them. Instead of saying, no, I know what I'm looking for. And just because you're not for me doesn't mean you're not a good person. But I know that something about you does not align with what I'm looking for. And there are some things that I'm also learning we have to be willing to compromise on. But other things, what are we not willing to compromise on? And why am I trying to force myself to be in a situation that is not the most ideal situation? Why am I trying to force somebody to fit in my life in a way that they're incapable of fitting? They're incapable of fitting in my life in that way. Because I'm also then not being fair to that person. So I've really been assessing a lot of my friendships and I'm thinking, if I'm getting so frustrated with things that some of my friends are doing or I don't like how they're showing up and I've shared that with them and they may have shared that they're not looking to change that quality which is totally fine either I have to put up with that and get over it if I want to continue being their friend or I have to acknowledge that this may be the season where our friendship comes to an end because I become bitter and all of my energy goes into being frustrated or talking about the characteristic that I don't like so many times that then I become a hater essentially. Because I'm like, all right, if I really don't like it and I'm sitting here talking about it so much to the point, like clearly it bothers me. 
if I've talked to them about it and we haven't been able to work through it or come to some kind of compromise and I'm continuously just talking about it to others or to myself or complaining, then it's time for me to probably reassess whether I should be in that friendship because now I'm getting out of character and becoming someone that I don't necessarily like. I'm becoming mean-spirited because when does it go from venting about a frustration to just being mean and talking about them? So it's telling me, the future I'm transitioning to is telling me that I need to be intentional in this in this part of my life. I need to be intentional about the decisions that I'm making, the people that I'm building relationships with, the jobs that I'm choosing. And I struggle with the whole job thing because sometimes it's like, wow, I want to make money, like as much money as possible so I can chase my dreams. But then if I'm like, well, I want my passion to be my career, And public service is a passion of mine. Should I just go down that road and just hope that doors will open? So it's funny because some of my mentors will always say, follow your passion and your passion will come, you know, like then the opportunities and the money will come. But then others say, yeah, no, you don't just because you're passionate about something. That doesn't mean it has to be your career. Your passion could be a hobby. If you love community service, you could go do community service on the weekends and go to a job that is something you may not be passionate about, but you're good at it and it's making you money. So there are two different perspectives that both make sense to me and I still don't know which one to choose. I think I'm going to choose the one where I'm working in a field and continuing to work in a field that I'm passionate about, but... It just goes to show that there are so many different decisions and choices that I can make, but I have to do what's right for me because the model or the way of living that works for me could be and is very different than that of others. So I met this one guy and I was asking him, like, what is your passion? What keeps you going? And he said money. And he shared that no matter where he's at in his life, he always feels like he needs more. He never feels like he has enough. So he's always working hard and trying to please all of these people and doing all of this stuff because that is what he needs to do. And sometimes he is taking on jobs that he is not passionate or happy about because it actually just brings in more money. And now... That's not necessarily a way that I would like to live, but I honored that that's just the kind of life that he wants to live. So there is not some kind of blueprint or there's not some, you know, specific recipe to being successful or getting the life that we want to live because the life that we want to live and our motives are always different. They're always going to be different. And so there may be some commonalities or some common denominators that like, you know, bring us together and help us as a community just brainstorm ways to move forward in a fulfilling way. But that does not mean that the recipe for one of my friend's pound cakes is the same recipe for mine. Because, you know, some people like to use milk and 
their um, pancake mix. Some people like to use cottage cheese. Some people like to use applesauce. A pancake is a pancake, but how that pancake was made is unique to that person's palate and unique to their diet. Because some people say, I have to put applesauce, so I'm not using as much sugar. I need to put cottage cheese instead of milk because I want to have a protein pancake because I need more protein. So it just depends. What are our needs? So I'm thinking like this season, like my transition is leading me to living authentically and living a life that makes sense to me. And then the season that I'm in, the, the transitional season that I'm in, um, it's telling me that the future I'm trying to transition to takes work and it takes patience. It's not one that is going to allow me to settle. It's not one that's going to allow me to complain but not follow through. It's not one that's going to require me to have all of the answers. Rather, it is a season that's requiring me to go with the flow, to go through doors. It's requiring trial and error. It's requiring me leading with curiosity, leading with compassion. It's requiring me to learn to set boundaries and protect my heart, protect my peace. It's requiring me to assess my friendships. Am I, am I keeping this friendship around because I'm lonely or am I keeping this friendship because I feel it's mutually beneficial? It's requiring me to be very mindful about who I'm surrounding myself with, what I'm surrounding myself with, what am I filling my physical and my emotional and my spiritual space with? And that's also a question that I have a lot because growing up, In the church, I would always hear, you know, like some people would say, well, you need to be careful who you hang out with. You should only really be hanging out with people that share the same beliefs as you. Then I'd be reading the Bible and it's like, don't judge anyone. You should be friends with everyone. Jesus was hanging out with the with the sex workers and, you know, greedy people, too. And so I've been asking, like, what does that mean? Because I'm not a person who's going to say, well, you're not a Christian, so I don't want to be your friend. Or you don't have the same political beliefs as me, so I don't want to be your friend. But the thing that I've learned is, how is it impacting you? Are you adopting some beliefs that are not, that don't align well with your core values? So what are my core values? And when I'm hanging out with people that have different core values and different beliefs, am I compromising my own beliefs and am I adopting things that I don't agree with because it's easier for me to tolerate things than to stick up for what I believe in or to set boundaries. So that's that's what my that's what the future I'm trying to transition to is telling me. And it's also telling me that I have to work for it. It's not going to come easy because I know that nothing worth having comes easy. Nothing. And I wish it did, but it doesn't. It's also telling me that I need to learn how to be open and ask for help when I need it or let people know when I'm not doing okay. That's hard for me because the mentality that I have, and I don't think it's a bad mentality, but I'm not going to ask you 
to give me something that if it's going to require you to make a huge sacrifice and it's something that I could get if I just work hard or it's something that I can get in the future, I just need to be a little more patient. When I'm asking for help, I'm asking because I know that I cannot do this without the people around me. And I'm not asking you to make all of my dreams come true. I'm asking for small pieces of support because I want to also be able to support you. So if that doesn't make sense, here's an example. I'm really weird about money. Like I don't think that, I don't really believe in friends borrowing or, you know, exchanging money because I think that that's when things get really messy. But there was a point where I got scammed and some people took everything that I had. They drained all of my accounts and I had nothing at that time. It was also around Halloween. And I know that I had nothing, but I was also shopping for a Halloween costume so that I could go out with my friends, even though I had nothing in the bank. So people are calling me, like the people that know, and they're like, what can I give you? What can I do for you? Like, let me give you some money. Let me loan you something. And my thought was, no, no, thank you. Like, you know, and I'm saying no, thank you from a place of gratitude because I look in my pantry and I look in my refrigerator and they're full. I have so much food. I am able to eat. I have gas in my tank. And I'm really thinking if I needed, if I was really concerned and needed money, would I really be spending money right now on a Halloween costume and making plans to go out. So it felt really selfish to me to think, yeah, I expect someone to give me money so I can continue enjoying my life and living life the way that I want to live it. No, I think that if you're going to loan me money in this moment, it should be a necessity. Like, I don't think that going out is a necessity. I think it's really fun and great. I got to go out with my friends on Halloween, but where are my priorities? And also, if I really had a need for food, but I was still making plans to go out for Halloween, uh, no. I'm like, no, B, it comes to what are you going to sacrifice? If you want to sacrifice some meals to go out, that's on you. But it's not on me or it's not on others to help and support me of maintaining a life and making a sacrifice for me so that I don't have to make too many sacrifices and I don't have to make a decision between leisure and necessity. Rather, I can just have both of them. That's not fair to me. I personally just think that's not fair because then I'm asking you to come out of your budget and give to me so that I can go party. This is not the first Halloween that I've ever experienced and it probably won't be the last. So that's how I view things. Um, So it's like if I have the opportunity to, if I have the opportunity to just experience something or get it, and it's just going to take some time, I believe that I should go through the route of working for it and letting it take some time because how am I going to learn? And the future that I'm working to transition to is also telling me that this, all of this adversity that I face in all aspects of my life are teaching me some beautiful lessons that are so important and so necessary. And if I just got to where I wanted to be right here, right now, 
without having gone through a lot of the things that I've gone through or and I'm going to definitely go through, I wouldn't be able to maintain it and enjoy it to the best of my ability because I would just spend so much time. I would lose so much time trying to understand it or taking it for granted or not understanding its true value or not being able to use discernment or wisdom that I had developed along the way. That is really important. That's an important piece of the journey. And this is coming from one of the most impatient people you will ever meet. Me. I am. I love instant gratification and I'm not afraid to admit it. Love it. Delayed gratification. I'm, I'm learning to love it, but instant, love it. But I'm also understanding that even like instant oatmeal, instant oatmeal technically is not as healthy as the old fashioned oats that you put in the pot and it takes a little longer to make it. Instant oatmeal is a little more processed, whereas the old fashioned oatmeal, it's not as processed and it's a little healthier. And yeah, you could eat instant oatmeal for the rest of your life and you probably won't tell a difference. But the process of me making the old fashioned oatmeals has taught me or oatmeal has taught me how I like it, how long I want to boil it on the stove. How do I want to do X? How do I want to do Y? And that's how I learn. So I'm a hands-on learner that has to go through certain things and situations in order to grow and to heal. And if you were to give me my dream job right now, I would fail before I even started. If you were if you were to put me in the relationship that or if you were to put me in a relationship with a man that I'm going to marry today, I would work hard, but I probably would not know as much about myself as I need to because I think that everything happens for a reason and in due time. So my timeline may look different than someone else's timeline. Just because some people in my life are married that are the same age as me does not mean it's time for me to be married or that my timeline looks like theirs or that I'm lacking or that I'm behind. It just means that that season is not here yet. And I should not be, that shouldn't just be my angle. My angle shouldn't just be like, well, I'm waiting for a man and that's how I'll know I made it in life. No, because that's going to be a journey too. So this season of transition is helping me understand that the future I'm trying to transition to is going to take time and it's going to take work. And if I am wanting to slack off or if I'm wanting to cheat or I don't want to do things the right way, or if I want to cut corners or if I want to be lazy or if I want to just steal, then I should probably think about a different future to transition to because that's not the right one. This one is going to require patience and growth and faith and healing and constant growth. It's going to require me to invest in very beautiful, meaningful relationships and make sure that they're mutually beneficial. Make sure that I'm not in a room of leeches, but also that I'm not a leech. It's going to require me to ask tough questions and to be okay with sacrifice in the moment. That is what it's going to require. So this week, the quote I have for you is by Paul Angoni. Love Paul Angoni. Um, And it's from the first chapter. And he says, faith says, this transition is taking me to a much better place. Keep moving forward. Fear says, take me back to what was, even though it was terrible. At least I knew what to expect. 
So my question for the week is the same question that I answered in this episode. It's where is your transition trying to lead you? And what is it telling you about the the future you want to transition into? Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a lovely week.